Volume Two, Part Two, Author's Preface. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Volume Two, Part Two, Author's Preface by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by John Ormsby. 1829 to 1895 dedication of part two to the count of lemos these days past when sending your excellency my plays that had appeared in print before being shown on the stage i said if i remember well that don quixote was putting on his spurs to go and render homage to your excellency now i say that with his spurs he is on his way should he reach destination methinks i shall have rendered some service to your excellency as from many parts i am urged to send him off so as to dispel the loathing and disgust caused by another don quixote who under the name of second part has run masquerading through the whole world and he who has shown the greatest longing for him has been the great emperor of china who wrote me a letter in chinese a month ago and sent it by a special courier he asked me or to be truthful he begged me to send him don quixote for he intended to found a college where the spanish tongue would be taught and it was his wish that the book to be read should be the history of don quixote he also added that i should go and be the rector of this college i asked the bearer if his majesty had afforded a sum in aid of my travel expenses he answered no not even in thought then brother i replied you can return to your china post-haste or at whatever haste you are bound to go as i am not fit for so long a travel and besides being ill i am very much without money while emperor for emperor and monarch for monarch i have at naples the great count of lemos who without so many petty titles of colleges and rectorships sustains me protects me and does me more favour than i can wish for thus i gave him his leave and i beg mine from you offering your excellency the trabajos de persiles y sigismunda a book i shall finish within four months deo volente and which will be either the worst or the best that has been composed in our language i mean of those intended for entertainment at which i repent of having called it the worst for in the opinion of friends it is bound to attain the summit of possible quality may your excellency return in such health that is wished you persiles will be ready to kiss your hand and i your feet being as i am your excellency's most humble servant from madrid this last day of october of the year one thousand six hundred and fifteen at the service of your excellency miguel de cervantes saavedra the author's preface god bless me gentle or it may be plebeian reader how eagerly must thou be looking forward to this preface expecting to find there retaliation scolding and abuse against the author of the second don quixote i mean him who was they say begotten at tordesillas and born at tarragona well then the truth is i am not going to give thee that satisfaction for though injuries stir up anger in humbler breasts in mine the rule must admit of an exception thou wouldst have me call him ass fool and malapert but i have no such intention let his offence be his punishment with his bread let him eat it and there's an end of it what i cannot help taking amiss is that he charges me with being old and one-handed as if it had been in my power to keep time from passing over me 
or as if the loss of my hand had been brought about in some tavern and not on the grandest occasion the past or present has seen or the future can hope to see if my wounds have no beauty to the beholder's eye they are at least honourable in the estimation of those who know where they were received for the soldier shows to greater advantage dead in battle than alive in flight and so strongly is this my feeling that if now it were proposed to perform an impossibility for me i would rather have had my share in that mighty action than be free from my wounds this minute without having been present at it those the soldier shows on his face and breast are stars that direct others to the heaven of honour and ambition of merited praise and moreover it is to be observed that it is not with grey hairs that one writes but with the understanding and that commonly improves with years i take it amiss too that he calls me envious and explains to me as if i were ignorant what envy is for really and truly of the two kinds there are i only know that which is holy noble and high-minded and if that be so as it is i am not likely to attack a priest above all if in addition he holds the rank of familiar of the holy office and if he said what he did on account of him on whose behalf it seems he spoke he is entirely mistaken for i worship the genius of that person and admire his works and his unceasing and strenuous industry after all i am grateful to this gentleman the author for saying that my novels are more satirical than exemplary but that they are good for they could not be that unless there was a little of everything in them i suspect thou wilt say that i am taking a very humble line and keeping myself too much within the bounds of my moderation from a feeling that additional suffering should not be inflicted upon a sufferer and that what this gentleman has to endure must doubtless be very great as he does not dare to come out into the open field in broad daylight but hides his name and disguises his country as if he had been guilty of some les majesty if perchance thou shouldst come to know him tell him from me that i do not hold myself aggrieved for i know well what the temptations of the devil are and that one of the greatest is putting it into a man's head that he can write and print a book by which he will get as much fame as money and as much money as fame and to prove it i will beg of you in your own sprightly pleasant way to tell him this story there was a madman in seville who took to one of the drollest absurdities and vagaries that ever madman in the world gave way to it was this he made a tube of reed sharp at one end and catching a dog in the street or wherever it might be he with his foot held one of its legs fast and with his hand lifted up the other and as best he could fixed the tube whereby blowing he made the dog as round as a ball then holding it in his position he gave it a couple of slaps on the belly and let it go saying to the bystanders and there were always plenty of them do your worships think now that it is an easy thing to blow up a dog does your worship think now that it is an easy thing to write a book and if this story does not suit him you may dear reader tell him this one which is likewise of a madman and a dog in cordova there was another madman whose way it was to carry a piece of marble slab or a stone not of the lightest on his head and when he came upon any unwary dog he used to draw close to him and let the weight fall right on top of him on which the dog in a rage barking and howling would run three streets without stopping it so happened however that one of the dogs he discharged his load upon was a cap-maker's dog of which his master was very fond 
the stone came down hitting it on the head the dog raised a yell at the blow the master saw the affair and was wroth and snatching up a measuring yard rushed out at the madman and did not leave a sound bone in his body and at every stroke he gave him he said you dog you thief my lurcher don't you see my brute that my dog is a lurcher and so repeating the word lurcher again and again he sent the madman away beaten to a jelly the madman took the lesson to heart and vanished and for more than a month never once showed himself in public but after that he came out again with his old trick and a heavier load than ever he came up to where there was a dog and examining it very carefully without venturing to let the stone fall he said this is a lurcher where in short all the dogs he came across be they mastiffs or terriers he said were lurchers and he discharged no more stones maybe it will be the same with this historian that he will not venture another time to discharge the weight of his wit in books which being bad are harder than stones tell him too that i do not care a farthing for the threat he holds out to me of depriving me of my profit by means of his book for to borrow from the famous interlude of the perendenga i say in answer to him long life to my lord the vain ticatro and christ be with us all long life to the great conde de lemos whose christian charity and well-known generosity support me against all the strokes of my cursed fortune and long life to the supreme benevolence of his eminence of toledo don bernardo de sandoval y rojas and what matter if there be no printing presses in the world or if they print more books against me than there are letters in the verses of mingo revulgo these two princes unsought by any adulation or flattery of mine of their own goodness alone have taken it upon them to show me kindness and protect me and in this i consider myself happier and richer than if fortune had raised me to her greatest height in the ordinary way the poor man may retain honour but not the vicious poverty may cast a cloud over nobility but cannot hide it altogether and as virtue of itself sheds a certain light even though it be through the straits and chinks of penury it wins the esteem of lofty and noble spirits and in consequence their protection then need say no more to him nor will i say anything more to thee save to tell thee to bear in mind that this second part of don quixote which i offer thee is cut by the same craftsman and from the same cloth as the first and that in it i present to thee don quixote continued and at length dead and buried so that no one may dare to bring forward any further evidence against him for that already produced is sufficient and suffice it too that some reputable person should have given an account of all these shrewd lunacies of his without going into the matter again for abundance even of good things prevents them from being valued and scarcity even in the case of what is bad confers a certain value i was forgetting to tell thee that thou mayest expect the persiles which i am now finishing and also the second part of galatea end of author's preface recording by expatriate in bangor maine